Hey everyone, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you yet another awesome and amazing episode of the podcast. This is episode 39 with, uh, it's ostensibly Josh Williamson returning, but it's entirely about uh, Ghosted, which was the uh, the first like really big ongoing series that Josh did. And um, in, in terms of my involvement with it, uh, it was the first, uh, one of the first books that I started reviewing when I when I did uh, more frequent reviews of comic books. But um, Josh uh, and I became uh, pretty good Twitter friends, and I see him at a lot of cons here on the on the West Coast. So we, you know, it's it's always been really great talking with him. And, and you, of course, know if you're a loyal listener, which I hope many of you are, that uh, Josh had a uh, previous episode where we were talking about Ghosted, but also talked a lot about his other... Um, his other books, uh, Bir- uh, Birthright, hadn't quite come out yet, but uh, Nailbiter and, and whatnot. So this is basically me and Josh just talking about Ghosted. So if you're a fan of the book, um, or if you've, you've ever been uh, curious about it, there's a lot of great stuff in here about um, the writing process, working with editors, uh, and just the, the general... Um, the general work of a writer. I mean, uh, Josh is always very, uh, very forthcoming with a lot of information. So he's always a great talk, uh, talking to, uh, whatnot. So if that made sense, I, I sure hope it did. But anyway, uh, please listen and enjoy once again, Josh Williamson, uh, back to talk about Ghosted. I was recording a podcast, uh, I think it was like last week or so, it was a friend's podcast, and we were talking all about uh, Mad Max, Yeah. and uh, it was just like someone was echoing, and I couldn't, it was like, I couldn't figure out who it was, it was driving me nuts, because I'm like, this isn't even my podcast, but if it's not bothering him, I guess it's not bothering me. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I, I shut it down. <laughs> we gotta figure this out, what's happening. It's like, guys, we stop, let's just, everyone, Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's really funny. Oh um, my god, um, yeah. It's like on... Well, I, I, uh, I used to Skype a lot during mm-hmm. the day with artists, mostly artists. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's even like a hiccup. We all are just like, ah, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> like, we got too much stuff going on. A lot of times we're doing it while we're working. So, oh, okay. You know, it's meetings, but also going over things and sometimes it's just really quick little conversations. I don't know. Make sure this uh, panel works. <laughs> Well, what's funny is, is that a lot of artists uh, that work in comics, they all Skype with each other in the day while they're working. Yeah, I uh, I did a podcast with a bunch of colorists, and they were they were like, yeah, we just talk to each other all day. It's like, okay then. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I can't, I can't do it. So, because I'm, I'm like, I have to be like in the zone of writing and be in my head and, and like mm-hmm. listening to the voices there. Yeah. And it's impossible. So it's funny, like, I will have those moments where I'm in a room, you know, on a chat, Skype voice 
this chat room or whatever, and it's, like, five artists, and they're all just inking mm-hmm. and talking, and I'm just, like, quietly listening, or or I'll be talking with them, and eventually I get, like, I gotta go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta do these things, and if I don't do them, I'm gonna leave my mind. I got this piece of dialogue that if I don't, like, figure out how it works in this, I'm just gonna, like, I'm not gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Uh yeah, let's, uh, let's talk. I saw that no one asks us any questions. I know. I felt so... I was really... I wasn't sure if I even wanted to do it, because that was my biggest fear. I was like, well, what if no one asks a question? You know, uh, it's funny because even Skybound retweeted it. I I probably should have tweeted it out myself, but then it was one of those things where I was like, ah, it's fine. It's a big deal. We can just talk about Ghosted. Because I have to go by... Uh, like, I have an hour. Okay, yeah. We can we can uh, fill that time, or if you need to go before, then we can... I mean, I've done, sh- no, I've done short ones, too, so... I just gotta do, uh, I'm on dinner duty tonight. Dinner that's duty, cool. there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why my, my Tuesday, that's why Tuesdays kind of work for me whenever I do podcasts, so I try to always do on Tuesdays, because it's like, usually the house is empty from like four to eight. Ah. But that also means that time period, I have to like find time to run to the grocery store, and then come <laughs> back and make dinner in that time period. Well, what's on the menu for tonight? I have no idea. Oh, okay, you're one of those people that has to go to the store and then figure it out from there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sometimes. I mean, we, I try to be better about that, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm making tonight. It's not just me, though. It's like my fiance. I have no idea. Like, she's like a health nut. Oh, okay. And so it, when it's my turn, it's always a little bit trickier. You're um, like, I'm always wrong. I never pick the right thing. No, I actually do all right. I mean, I... Part of the problem is that it's raining here, so I can't barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I have we, we got the barbecue like a month ago. And I've been using that a lot, which I, like opened up a whole new world of food I could cook. <laughs> um, you know, mostly meat and veggies. And that's kind of well, of course. Are you watching a uh, Food Network and be like, "Hey, they've got some ideas"? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes like Top Chef will help. Like sometimes, just something. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we're considering doing is there's this thing up here in Portland called Blue Apron. Okay. And you sign up for it, and they basically send you everything you need. Like, you get it in the mail, which also sounds oddly disgusting. <laughs> but they, they send it to you. They drop it off at your house. Mm-hmm. And it's everything you need to make. You just got to follow the directions. It's, yeah, like, not not only does it come in the mail, but if someone, like, drops it off at your house, like, this seems like I'm making a deal that I yeah. shouldn't be. <laughs> well, we're both here during the day pretty much all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's a, it's funny, I, when we, when her and I first started dating, she worked at a parole office. She was a, uh, <laughs> she was like one step below a parole officer where she basically met with criminals all day long. Really? And like scum of the earth. That was, that was her job then, which mm-hmm. came in handy with all the books I was working on, like with Nailbiter and I was going to say, like, did, how much did you talk to her about stuff with Nailbiter? <laughs> oh, a lot. A mm-hmm. lot. She knows more about serial killers than I do, like, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I know certain things more than her. Like, I know more about Jeffrey Dahmer than she does. Oh, I know well. about things like, not serial killer stuff, but like bigger crimes like Waco, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Timothy McBay, things like that. I'm a little more, I like, like I the mean, Columbine. as long as you guys have some common interests. <laughs> I know, right? But she knows a lot about Charles Manson. Like, oh, my God. So it's that thing of, like, she, she, has, a, she has a degree, like, she has a bachelor's, in, bachelor's, yeah, she has a bachelor's in, like, criminal behavior criminal justice so wow. i'm very like she's good to talk to you about that stuff like she does know it um so your fiance can be batman is what you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> well the joke is is that because
because she was a parole officer, her opinion of criminals is very different mm-hmm. than it's it's a very unique a unique point of view. Yeah. Not unique. It's unique to people who work in law enforcement. Okay. Is, what, um, does she have like more sympathy or less sympathy? Oh, way less. Way less. Okay. Much darker. Much darker. And so for her, um, like the blonde and nail biter, that's that's her essentially. Really? Yeah, that's like her opinion. <laughs> and I went to her and asked her. I'm like, hey, so like we had this conversation, and she was like, oh, a very common conversation among people in the pro offices is the murder van. Where it's basically a van that drives around and picks up people that we know are like repeat offenders, uh-huh. and they just disappear. Huh? They disappear. You know they get tortured. We know they get tortured, but they disappear. Like that is like that is like a dream of like everyone who works in law enforcement. Wow. Of just people who are like you know repeat offenders. Like there's no question of it. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no debate. There's no like these people. This is what they do. Like it's a constant thing. Yeah. Um, and they just, they should just disappear, but after being in pain, it's sort of huh. uh, <laughs> a, a thing. Um, How was yeah, she not she consulted on a Law & Order episode yet? <laughs> I know, it's just so funny. But, so what happened was, when, uh, it was getting kind of dark, you know, that kind of job could definitely wear down on you, and she was having these seminars where they're basically telling them that, like, you know, be prepared for a life of misery kind of thing. And, oh, God. You know, she would go to work, and she'd have to sit there and interview people who were, like, I mean, I'm telling you, like... She would tell me, like, oh, I had, this, I had to interview somebody today, um, and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely horrible. And I would be like, oh, it can't be that bad. <laughs> like, I, it's not as bad in my head. You know, like, my head's always going to be worse. And then she would tell me what it was, and I'm like, oh, that was worse. That was <laughs> definitely worse. Like, so I was concerned. Yeah. So was she. And so I asked her, I said, you know, like, I'm in a very lucky position where, like, the thing that I want to do forever is the thing I'm doing mm-hmm. um what would you do if money wasn't an option and she was like I'd want to be a fitness instructor oh cool so she very quickly like we basically like died into that so she very quickly within about a year it's been a year now but I think she started doing it about a year and a half ago the conversation we had was two years ago mm-hmm. um but yeah, she very quickly dived into it and was able to now have that be her her new career. Mm-hmm. Completely two different jobs. Yeah, <laughs> completely two different jobs. It's so funny. Like I, I imagine if she's got people asking, like, "So, what did you do before this?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, funny." It's, it's... No, that's well. That's cool that uh, you guys that you did that. You know, with uh, with her, you know, you and her just kind of sat down. And we're like, okay, we know this is not good for you. <laughs> Let's yeah. fix it. Yeah, exactly. It came very quickly. Of like, this is not a this is not the best uh, career for someone to have. It's not mentally healthy. Yeah, you know, and and I think she was young enough to where like switching careers was still a viable option. Mm-hmm. And, Sorry, my dog is like screaming oh, my face right now. Oh, and there, I mean, there's only so much that even a gallows humor can get you. Like before, you're just like sitting there with a bottle of whiskey, like staring yeah. out into a lonely street. Yeah, essentially, you know, I don't remember what it is now. She she would remember the things they told her, but it very well is like you know, you're either okay or you're miserable, and you're never happy anymore. Wow, is essentially what they prepare you for, mm-hmm. which is a 
those kinds of fields. When I first moved to Portland, uh, and I was going freelance seven years ago, like, mm. there was no way, I didn't want to burn through the savings that I had made. Like, I had made enough money to, to, to have the savings, but it was like, you know, when you first start out, like, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So, uh, I got a job working at, like, a foster care house. Mm-hmm. And I only lasted five months, which I don't know how I did that. I mean, <laughs> technically, I really only lasted four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really only lasted four. And that was one of the things they talked about a lot was, I mean, it's like, it's like they scare you <laughs> when you start the job. Like, they want you to be very realistic of the worst case scenarios of everything. Mm-hmm. They're very like, listen, it's not a matter of if they attack you, it's a matter of when they attack you. Oh, Lord. Like, it's a matter of when they snap. It's not a matter of if they do, they will, it will happen. Yeah. You know, like, uh, most people only last six months in the job. And, you know, there are people out there who last years, but there are people who last a day. Oh, man. Hours. And, that, you know, you also have to be very careful to make sure there isn't abuse on the side of the caretakers. It's like... <laughs> Fucking, it was a nightmare. I had like I had nightmares about that job for like a year after I left. It was, it was horrible. I can only yeah. My um my sister's a, a therapist or she's a she's a trained therapist, uh-huh. and uh, she was working with uh, high school kids for a long time. And uh, I remember telling her like my biggest concern is that because you know she's she's the type of person who will soak up uh, how other people are feeling. Yeah, she's a sponge for that. And so that was my biggest fear is like, I don't want, you know, I don't want you to take that home with you because that, that, that can really damage you. I mean, more so than what they're going through. It's you taking it all on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I being the cold hearted person that I am would not ever. <laughs> no, uh, I couldn't handle it either. I don't know how I did it even when I did it. I think it was just mm-hmm. like, uh, it's a longer story, but yeah, I did it for longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. And not it's not fun yeah there's always that one job that you can kind of point to and be like yeah never again not it's just not gonna happen <sighs> yeah it was rough but I got, I got lucky that i was able to do uh because i was the tail end of 2009 mm-hmm. and i was able to uh get two jobs writing graphic novels at the end of that year mm-hmm. and then i gotten like a couple dc jobs and then I was in Bendis' class. Mm-hmm. So it was like all these things at once kind of happened at the end of 2009 leading into 2010. And I was able to be like, all right, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Like it gave me all the reasons to get out other than like, I am just not cut out for this. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is, this is definitely going to break, break my soul. I got to get out of here. Um, yeah. Anyway. And so, so around this time you were developing the idea for Ghosted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny. Well, let's, 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 let's cover that in the podcast. We should do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm recording now, so we can, um... Oh, okay, cool. been recording this entire conversation, but, uh... That's fine. Formally... (laughs) And and if you want me to cut anything out before this, then I can totally do that. It's fine. No, that's cool. I've never... This is how I've I've talked about with people. I mean, maybe I shouldn't (laughs) talk about the, it's not when they attack, it's, or not, it's not when, it's if, it's it's when, only because I know people get really offended by that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's perfectly fine. Good yeah. thing that you put the caveat in there just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Um, um, but Josh, uh, Josh Williamson, welcome back, uh, technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what we talked, God, it was probably 
around? It was a year ago. Was it a year I ago? Checked. Okay. Yeah, I, so, yeah. I think we've talked on another podcast or something. Well, we talked, yeah, we did, we did the, this podcast before it was That Girl with the Curls, essentially, when it was still over at Word of the Nerd, and then, I mean, we just talked, you know, at different conventions and everything, too, so, it's not like I haven't seen you since then. No, I know, yeah, which is funny, because I I think I told you this before, that at, at Emerald City last year, Mm -hmm. I almost ruined the end of Ghosted. Yeah, that's right, that's what you were saying, you were about ready to blab it to me. Because I was like, you know, that's the thing. Like, it, it was tough. It was tough for the entire year. I mean, the thing about the thing about Ghosted is, is that you know, spoilers. Like, I should say this. If anyone listening to this, like, a hundred percent, a hundred percent spoilers. Yeah. You know? if, if you guys haven't read all of Ghosted, I guess turn this off and read it all, and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was always planned that Jackson was going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was never not part of the plan. Yeah. Um. He was going to die a much... Uh, it's interesting how he was going to die a darker death, I think, at one point. He was going to die a much more uh, gloomy kind of... Uh, I don't want to say painful death. There, there was going to be a different sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was that from the beginning? Like you, I mean, because you say that he was always going to die, so like at the beginning when you started writing Ghosted, was it like, okay, um, he's going to die a much more violent, maybe more aggressive death... Whereas, over the course of writing it, did you kind of mellow that out because where the character had gone? Yeah, but, so we can talk about this, it's over, so we can talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> World's so your oyster, man. Alright, so in the beginning, it was only a five-issue mini. Mm. And so he was going to die, a lot of stuff was going to happen, he was going to die in issue five. Oh, okay. Right? And then, very quickly, we decided that wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. We were going to extend it. Um... And I, th- I don't remember what issue I was on. I had to rewrite five and part of four. Part of four and five. Mm-hmm. I feel like even more of that. It, it is kind of weird. Like before, I knew. I want to even say. <sighs> I want to even say like even on Twitter, you were almost mentioning something like that. Like you had to restructure five a bit. Yeah, part of five. So I think what five was. Uh, it was a lot of restructuring. You know, Trick. Trick was going to die early, too. Trick mm-hmm. was going to die in four, I think. Um, Anderson was always going to die in five. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Anderson was that, that she was not intended to be a ghost. Oh, she okay. was not intended to, to follow Jackson after that. But when I was working on six, I realized, like, oh, this works better. This is cleaner. And we went back to five and changed that, like, and five was drawn. Mm-hmm. We went back. I just, re- I just rewrote one line of dialogue. Really? But, yeah, where she was just like, this isn't over. And that's all I needed. <laughs> that's all I needed. And so, what's interesting, so I look at the original five, the, the, the original five issues, what was planned. Mm-hmm. The last page was going to be Jackson, like, trapped in the Trask Mansion as a ghost, being tortured. Oh. Like, that was going to be the last page of five. <laughs> that's really early on. I mean, that that's, that is 2000, I want to say that's like... 2011, like, summer of 2011. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had pitched the book to people, and everyone rejected it. Like, everyone I talked to rejected it. Um, and the, the high concept was always the same, of, like, a guy stealing a ghost from a haunted house. That was always the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Skybound was the one that, that sort of, like, jumped at it and kind of got it and understood what to do. But yeah, so Jackson dying was always part of the plan from the beginning, but... There 
is a certain thing of how I wrote issue one in because it's interesting with Jackson. I wrote about this in the in the letter in the back of issue twenty, which the, the afterward was very lovely. Oh, thank you. Um, so when I was writing it, like I was going through like a super messy divorce, and I was having all these like kind of like uh, bottom bottoming out moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was very frustrated. And so it's 2011, what was going on, 2011, and a little bit 2012. So Ghosted, because of Skybound and I, we still do this, we like to take our time with things, like really refine the story. Um, I wrote Ghosted 11, I turned it in 2011, mm-hmm. like Halloween 2011. I was kind of working on two through five over about a year. Okay. So then, by the time I get around to writing six, I don't, I've written five, I think five was done sometime in the summer of 2012. Mm-hmm. I didn't write six until June of 2013. Oh my god, wow. So, I remember going down, what happened was Birthright, we knew we were doing Birthright, and I knew I was doing Nailbiter, or no, actually, I wasn't even sure if I was doing Nailbiter yet, mm-hmm. but I knew I was doing Birthright at Skybound. Like, we knew that was happening in the, in the spring of 2013. Okay. Ghosted hadn't even come out yet. Like, number one hadn't even come out yet, and we were already working on Birthright. Wow. Um, yeah, it's such a weird, like, behind-the-scenes journey of these things. It's insane. Gives you so, a, a weird understanding of, like, how the, the comic book industry even works. Like, before this one book is out, you're already starting on this next one. Yeah, it still goes like that to this day. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and how far back. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a unique position that I like to work, especially in the first few issues. I like to get myself plenty of time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with issue five, there was rewrites. There were things that were coming in and out. We were doing stuff. But what had happened was we're working on Birthright, and then while we're working on Birthright, we had the conversation of, do we just go ahead and turn this into an ongoing? Before one had even come out yet. Okay. Do we go ahead and do this an ongoing? And then Kirkman was like, yes, let's do that. What would you do if you continue? And I was like, well, we've already made the decision that Jackson is going to keep living. These are things I want to do. And I remember being at, the, at that meeting, and the place I was staying uh, in L.A. while I was going back and forth from like my whole like my friend's house to the skybound offices mm-hmm. was like a mile away and i would just walk which was like a horrible decision because of how freaking hot la can be yeah um even though it's just a mile it was like ugh. so in that walk in that walk i remember the first meeting we had we went over everything we talked about what i was gonna do and we were like okay tomorrow we'll talk about this we'll present these things tomorrow mm-hmm. um on my way home or like my friend's house, I basically figured out what the next arc was going to be, and only when I figured what the next arc was going to be, like, I knew issue six. Like, I knew it. Yeah. And it was a lot lighter. And part of the reason why it was a lot lighter is because who I was in 2011, 2012, uh, was very different than who I was in the spring of 2013. Like, I was in a much better, better place as a person. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, how Jackson is at that point. Like, he's still a dark person, but he does have his sense of humor changes. Yeah. The tone sort of changes, and that became what what I was doing. Like, like definitely you can tell. Yeah, the, I, I remember, because, I mean, uh, really with this, because I think Ghosted was one of the first books I started reviewing um, as well uh, when I started writing for Word of the Nerd and everything. 
And and I, I do remember writing when uh, the second arc begins, especially the switch over uh, uh, from Gorin to Davide. Uh, the 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 artwork just felt a bit lighter. The colors were especially uh, brighter and, and popped a lot more. Uh, so I mean, I, you can definitely feel like a tone shift uh, from the first to the second arc. Yeah, and that's just, that's just it's. I don't know, it's really weird. I don't know, like, at the time, I was not subconsciously aware of it. Mm-hmm. I was not subconsciously aware of it. But Jackson sort of developed as the book was going on. Like, I knew who he was kind of when I first started writing it. Mm-hmm. But, like, his humor, and I think at the time when I first started writing Ghosted, um, I knew I liked doing black humor. Yeah. But it wasn't... <laughs> Not everyone liked that I liked doing black humor, <laughs> I guess I put it. And so when I started working on Ghosted, if you look at those first few issues, I mean, I know people think it's funny. I know people talk about it being humor, like the black humor in there, but it was a little, it was darker. Well, there's there's also a, a, a difference between, like, there's, there's dark humor where it's just like, it's almost defeatist uh, yeah. humor, and then there's dark humor where it's just like, I'm making a slight aside that, hey, we could all die right now or something like that. I mean, yeah, there's, there's differences. And I think that was definitely what was kind of going on in my head at the time. And I wasn't even as aware of it until, I don't know what issue I was on. But it is kind of funny how, uh, I think it was issue 8. Mm-hmm. Issue 8 was the issue that I remember writing and being really happy with it. Um, and feeling like I was hitting was that uh, uh, was that when they because there was Skinner and Nuki? Is that when Nuki dies? Or is no, it, that's seven. That's seven. Okay. Eight is when we introduced the master, the okay. maestro. Oh, say. the maestro. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was that sad issue where Jackson is getting getting tortured at the beginning, and then they go and he escapes and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Then they then they're surrounded by the the, the jungle ghosts. Oh uh, yeah. That's the end of eight. Because then nine is where the end of nine is when Nina turns into the Blood Crow, and then ten is the him versus him him trying to convince her of, of like to not give up. Yeah, and that that whole speech he gives her. It's funny though that whole thing. Every everything he's telling her throughout that was not just him talking to her, but him basically explaining. He was talking about himself. Like whenever he's talking to her, he's always talking about himself. Well, and, and that's the that's the thing because uh, how you even end the book with uh, Nina taking on Jackson's you know style of dress and and even Anderson's haircut. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah, that was intentional. Okay, good because I was yeah. going to be like, okay, super intentional. Yeah, it's like she's got both of these ghosts now following her uh, in the same way that. Jackson was followed by death because that's that's the big like I guess ultimate reveal is that Jackson is not so much I mean he he has this idea like he wants to die he's not going to do it for you know he's not going to commit suicide he's just also not going to stop it from really happening if it does happen Um, but the the big reveal is kind of more that death follows him in every literal sense like death has been keeping tabs on him basically since he was a, a young man yeah yeah which, I yeah. mean, was that kind of, was was that something that you developed, or was that always kind of like in the back of your head? It was always in the back of the head, because if you look at issue one, uh, the last page of issue one, when Jackson is standing in that, that room where we see all the ghosts the first time around them, mm-hmm. behind him is the Grim Reaper. Yeah. 
So it's like, it was always this thing about how Death was watching him and following him. Um, but the thing that I wanted to sort of say with the book after, and it's funny, this came, because I was much more, yeah, I was much more de- defeatist at the time mm-hmm. when I started developing those first five issues. And then it changed as, you know, time had passed and me changing as a person. Uh, but his thing of, you know, essentially, the thing that death says to him is there's a difference between saying you are ready to die and then giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jackson had clearly given up. And Jackson's whole thing that he talks about early on is he's not afraid of anything. He's not afraid of anything. He's not afraid of death. But he is afraid of living. Yeah. And that was what I wanted to sort of uh, to come back around to at the end. And I'm, I hope. I haven't done it myself. I Maybe I should do it eventually. I think it's too soon for me. But to actually sit down and read the four arcs mm-hmm. and see how well that worked out. Like, see how well it all sort of lines up and comes together of Jackson sort of growing. I knew in the very beginning I wanted to open on Jackson being a shithead and then, like, <laughs> gradually make him less of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always going to be about sacrifice. It was always, for him, he was always going to sacrifice himself to save his friends. And I, I think um, with the, the idea of death, that, that that that's a very, like, I mean, not I'm not going to say common, but it, it's, it's something that kind of goes along with the subject, you know? It's like if you introduce death as like a major um, element of a story, it's like some you know someone's got to die, and it's either a really heroic way or it's a really like shitty way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that I was able to do some stuff I did because I was always worried. Um, I don't know. It's funny because it is it is a book that I work with with Skybound, and so I'm always curious to see what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like with nineteen. I mean, nineteen is like it's one long death scene, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you open with with Jackson getting stabbed, and to me, the fake out was going to be that you you knew from previous issues that he always survives in some form or another. Mm-hmm. But this time, it wasn't going to. And there's that fake out of like he gets stabbed, and then you do that page turn where he's standing. Yeah. But then everything after that, and the reason why we did that is because I wanted to show this 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 moment where Jackson. Uh, the moment he was finally getting what he wanted, mm-hmm. the moment he was finally getting out, basically getting to die, right? Like, to get what he believed was going to be the path to peace. Yeah. Uh, is the first time that he has to fight it. He has to struggle because he doesn't want Marcus to win, but also because he doesn't want Nina to die. He doesn't want King to die. He doesn't want Rusnik. He like, doesn't want these things. Specifically Nina because of his friendship with Nina, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't want this thing to happen to her, he doesn't want her to die, so he has to fight that to happen, and he still loses. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, he gives up that thing he wanted, because he did kind of want to, like, just sort of be at peace, what he thought would be peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you start the series off, he, he's just, like, he's just kind of going through the motions in prison. He's just, like, yeah. eventually, it's just gonna happen, you know? It's, like, it's almost like a statistical inevitability that yeah. he's going to end up in some kind of a fight. Yeah, and then he'll die, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the hope for him was that, and so he has to give up that as well. Like, he has to sacrifice his life, but he also has to sacrifice his death to to truly move on. And it, um, it's also interesting because yeah. he becomes... Now, is he... Does he just become a reaper, or does he become death itself? Um... I kind of don't want to say. Okay. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like I know the answer. 
Like, I do know the answer, but I kind of want to leave it open for interpretation of what people think. Oh, yeah, no, uh, perfectly. It's funny, my, my girlfriend, you know, she uh, she reads everything when I get the comps. Mm-hmm. So she actually, like, she likes reading the books and she reads them. Like, I'm not allowed to talk to her about the stories with her. She gets, <laughs> she gets angry about spoilers. And if she, like, I can see her sometimes. She walks by my office and I'll see uh, her ears. Like, she has her fingers in her ears. Because uh-huh. I'll be having a meeting with somebody and we'll be talking about basically the, you know, stuff that doesn't happen for like a year. <laughs> like in Nailbiter, I was talking to somebody, I don't know who it was. Was it Mike? It was somebody, and we were talking about in Nailbiter 9, the bus going off the cliff. Oh, yeah. And, and she heard that, and I saw her like walk in my office with that look on her face of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, you put your hands in the air and you're like shaking them. Um, <laughs> So things like that, and that hadn't happened. That we knew that wasn't gonna happen for like three more months or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, so for her, yeah, she came and she had a couple quick questions about nineteen and twenty, and I was like, I'm "Not gonna tell you," because like nineteen, where Jackson says he only wishes, and then he stops talking mm-hmm. and dies, and she was like, "What did he wish for?" I'm like, "That's for you to, for you to figure out." <laughs> like, oh, you know? just a cruel man. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the book is it, it's interesting sort of this thing of it, and I mentioned this again in the back, of how there were people who... I have this theory, it's interesting, about I think a lot of comics now, where everyone wants character growth. Mm-hmm. They all want character growth, but it's like they... The one kind of character growth I think they don't want is like the bad person in the beginning. Yeah. And it's like that was always the thing with Jackson, was like he started off so bad so we can get him to a better and um, do you do you think that so if if you had just had the mini if you just had the uh-huh. issues one through probably just one through five right yeah it would have been one through five yeah um do you do you feel like there would have been i guess as much satisfaction with this story if you hadn't gotten to tell a i guess a more complete arc for jackson you know i don't know i mean it, it is funny when you talk to people who read the first trade mm-hmm. and first trade does kind of stand alone and i feel like what comes after that is almost a sequel mm-hmm. uh i tried to write the second and the third trades almost act like sequels to each other yeah they do they do go a lot closer but each arc sort of has its own theme its own you know sort of sort of thing to it yeah uh its own mission its own gig you know sort of thing and so there are people who can read the first trade what is interesting to us is that when we did the issues, issue five ends differently in the issues than it did in the trade. Really? Um, originally, issue five had the first few pages of issue six in it. <laughs> the reason why we did that was because we knew five ended with such a like, well, here's the end. Mm-hmm. So we needed to have that moment of him uh, killing Paco on the dock uh, on the island. Just to kind of emphasize, like, the, the, the shift, or... Yeah, to emphasize the shift, to emphasize this wasn't over, that he wasn't just, like, sitting on a beach somewhere and things were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trade just kind of ends, like, the trade ends with him on the beach. It ends with him having that moment of, like, you know, things cool, and I'm living on the beach and living, living the life. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people who can just read that. They can just read that. I, I know that Jackson sort of admits, he admits a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Right, he admits that he feels responsible for this thing, and that's why he has this death wish, right? Yeah. And so there is there is some form of a completed arc, but you know, you look at the whole thing; it's it's a much there is a much bigger story there. 
and thankfully I got the opportunity to tell. And and you definitely, I mean, because with, with more arcs, when you go to an ongoing, you've got a bigger world that you started to fill out. I mean, the Brotherhood of the Closed Book and... Uh, and even with uh, Trick's son Danny, and just the just the kind of like the underbelly of this kind of magical supernatural um, black market kind of thing. Uh, I mean, were were those things that again? It's like it's a lot of like was the stuff in your head already? I mean, you 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 kind of talked about um, developing the second arc on that walk home. So was it after you kind of figured out like the Brotherhood? Was, did things just kind of fall into place from there or was it still kind of like a took a while I think a lot of it was kind of there Mm -hmm. what was weird is that the tone kept changing like it's weird it's like I knew there was a cult right like Mm -hmm. we knew there was a cult that was kidnapping the the possessed people right Mm -hmm. but like the maestro came later right (laughs) like the way he was and the way he started his henchmen were and uh that all came, a, like, a little... That came later. Like, that's why I say 8 is where I feel like I started really to uh, figure it out, okay. I guess. Um, because, yeah, that world was a lot smaller. I mean, you look at issue 1, right, and you see that Marcus has that room full of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so I had ideas for things. There were there were definitely ideas on that world, but they were just, like, like I mean, they were so shallow ideas. Um as I was working, again, like, by the time I got to issue eight, there's there's two milestones, I feel like, uh, for me, creatively, when it came to the book. And it's like, it came so late. Mm-hmm. After the first arc. Like, after the first arc, is very contained, and I feel after that, the world starts to grow. You get to eight, and then you get to eleven. Mm-hmm. And I feel like eight and eleven were when I was figuring a lot of stuff out. Six is really important, too, on a lot of levels. I remember when, um, I turned in six and I got these notes from the editor and he was very like, Oh, this is, this is the, my favorite script so far of the series. Why well, did six? And he was like, I feel like you, um, there's like a certain level of confidence as a writer that is shining in this script versus the first five. Okay. Like there was some kind of doubt in five. Um, but I got to six, I kind of like knew, certain aspects of the pace of it and I feel like I had more room mm-hmm. I think um, it's funny with the first five issues none of those issues are are um, 20 page comics they're all like all over the place yeah like one is one is like 28 one is 24 one is 22 they're like <laughs> they bounce all over I think issue three might be the only one that's 20 and then you get to issue six and every issue after that is 20 pages you just got into that rhythm and, and figured out how to tell that story in that amount of time yeah but also I, I feel like I had more room Mm. Knowing I had an ongoing, I felt like I had more room. And then I remember getting, by the time issue five of Ghosted had come out, I knew I was getting a third arc. And then really quickly, I knew I was getting a fourth. Um, wow. But I knew I knew a long time ago that 20 was the last issue. Mm-hmm. Which was also like, a difficult secret to keep. Like I think I knew around nine. Really? So, that early yeah, on? <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I have this amount of time to do this story, what am I going to do? There were moments where I was like, oh, I kind of wish I could go to 30, because there were like two other stories I kind of wanted to tell, mm-hmm. but then I looked at the big picture and I was like, I would be dragging it out. Like, I'd be dragging it out 10 more issues just for a number, not for story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather just stick to the 
story. You can always do some minis or something like that. A little, uh, let's go back to the world of ghost days for a second. I know, yeah. Well, I would like to do that eventually at some point. I think uh, a story about Nina and sort of... The thing we always talk about is, like, what would be the thing to bring Jackson back? Mm -hmm. Uh, What would be something like that? And so there's been ideas of that. There's some stuff here and there. Well, just even seeing how Nina... Because to to end it on that with her kind of taking on the, the dual persona of these two people... In, mm-hmm. in a way. It's just like, oh, come on! You, you have to... There's got to be some kind of an adventure where you can just see, like, how she now fits into this world as more, in a, I guess, in a leadership role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, she wouldn't stick with the FBI. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, she wouldn't stick with the FBI. She would take off and do her own thing, but then it becomes a matter of, like... It's that whole thing of, like, she has a certain set of skills right you know so it's like what she is good at and what she can do next um there there are stories there obviously that i would do with her um plus her her connection to the supernatural as well with the i mean to what extent does being you know formally possessed by a, a a ghost essentially do to you um like that kind of stuff would be interesting as well. Yeah, what it does to a person and what you can do moving forward with it. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that got left out. Such there as? were certain things about her. Stuff that you can reveal, or uh, it was just gonna be things about what it's like to to live that life after all those things had happened, and mm-hmm. sort of how after those things had happened, she was already tied into things. Like mm-hmm. she could after the after the blood crow she could see certain things and she could do certain things and we never really got got around to it. Like, okay. we, just never, we never found the room for it. Um, I mean, she's interesting. I'm really glad that we included her. She was not originally intended to be such a major character. I think you, um, I think you told me that. At, I, I think it was at either Emerald City or when we were talking at some point. Uh, yeah. That, that Nina was just kind of, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's, let's use her now. <laughs> I don't really remember why she became such a major character. I think... I knew that she was going to die. She, she was going to die okay. in issue 10. And I remember working on that script, or even just the, the ideas of it, the outlines of it, and being like, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. I feel like we can give Jackson a loss. There's this thing with, with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? There's okay. this, I know, totally random tangent but i love this saying i think tom preborn's the one who said it i might be wrong um but basically spider-man wins peter parker loses mm-hmm. right like that's, that is that is spider-man a big part of its core yeah is you know he the superhero wins the this person loses so you know you you can you can apply that rule to a lot of characters mm-hmm. and so i feel like Jackson saving Nina is a win, but there has to be a loss. And that's how we lose Trick. <laughs> that's how we lose Trick. And because Trick was his oldest friend, because Trick was someone who was, like, his best friend, but also in a way, sort of like... It's funny. Uh, Trick was a, a, a... had seen worse things. Yeah. Right? Like, it's very much implied that he had seen worse things, but sort of has this humor about it. Um... And him having that moment of, like, smacking Jackson around and telling him to, like, grow up, mm-hmm. like, to, to, to cut it out, we were able to sort of give him this uh, moment, this moment, to show how important he was. 
and then you know, he dies. He gets, you know, he gets killed. Like Skinner kills him. Yeah. Um, and in that, it was very much like, well, what do I do in the end now? Does she just take off? Does she go do this? And then I was like, no, I think Jackson would feel responsible for her. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of her that would uh, want to stick with him. It's it's an interesting, like, because the dynamic then becomes Jackson, it's almost like Jackson needs a buddy. Um, yeah. Because with, with Trick, at least, yeah, you, um, it, I mean, just from the perspective of someone reading the book, um, you narratively, with Trick dying, it makes more sense, uh, just because it is such a huge loss. And with Nina, we've only, we haven't had enough time to get to know her. I mean, uh-huh. we, we get enough time to kind of understand her plight, but as a person, it's just like, well, do we care about her enough? And uh, and I think at the end of the entire Ghosted Arc, yes, we do, but I think in, in two, probably not as much. Yeah, yeah, it took, it took some time. I mean, I like her in... It is interesting, yeah, she's sort of... She changed, I guess, very quickly in my head of being kind of a whiner mm-hmm. to not a whiner very fast. Well, someone who did not put up with Jackson's shit. Like, she was very quickly to be like, no, what are you talking about? She d- um, Yeah, she does, because uh, at one point, what was it, after... And I remember this, in, I think it was in the third arc, when, yeah, it was after uh, Danny is killed, um, yeah. and, you know, Jackson's saying something and Nina's just like quit why you're such a whiny bitch Jackson <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. just that um, moment that when he laughs at what she says it's just kind of like yeah like good on you well part of that was actually because it, there's a lot of like weird little cycles in in that book if you look at that those panels they they matched the panels from issue one where he was talking to anderson in front of the house no exactly yeah i was i was almost gonna say that it it just mirrors that structure yeah so this idea of him just developing these friendships and sort of where he's now the one getting schooled where he's really the one doing it Mm -hmm. where he's the one that sort of has these like biting little attitudes about things and now she has it Mm -hmm. uh and part of that was just her being around him like i think she needed that influence because before that she was kind of this lost person Mm-hmm. Um, who was just looking for an escape. Like, that's what they are. They're both people looking for escapes, people looking for alternatives. Um, her being around him sort of definitely influenced her to have that sort of attitude about things. Definitely. Which is also what he needed. When, and Nina has, like, enough of the sympathy that she can be around him and he'll allow her to, like, feel that for him, but he also doesn't mollycoddle her. Having, you know, after having been possessed by, you know, by a ghost, he's just kind of like, this is the world, you gotta live in it, or you gotta not live in it, you gotta choose, so, yeah, uh, and I think that 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 attitude, you know, she hadn't really been treated that way before, and she she liked that better (laughs) than what she used to have. Yeah, and and the big thing with Nina is that what Nina represents, and I don't, I never said this, I don't think I said it in the book, I don't think Jackson ever straight out says it, but, you know, a large part of, of... I guess the difference between Jackson. So Jackson and Marcus are have always been intended to be mirror images of each other, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like Marcus wants to live forever; that's his whole goal. Jackson wants to die, yeah, right. So that's the mirror images of each other. Part of the, the the differences there ends up becoming about legacy. What kind of legacy you leave behind? Mm-hmm. Marcus, his legacy was being left. He was trying to leave it behind in a way with Anderson, or he couldn't even leave it behind with her. Right, like he was yeah. just so corrupt and shitty that he never wanted to leave behind a legacy. He just wanted to live forever. Whereas Jackson, 
over time subconsciously became interested in leaving behind a legacy and Nina becomes that legacy. Like that is the way that he lives. He ends up being the one to live forever through Nina. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's no longer around, but Nina becomes him. Kind of right? like a surrogate. And, yeah. Yeah. And so that's sort of what I was trying to do with her. And I knew that before we even before 10, I knew that was the case. Like once I knew she was surviving, once I knew she was making it out of 10, mm-hmm. then it became, Oh, well, this is now the person he trains. This is the person he talks with. This is the person that he does these things with and sort of helps him get to where he needs to be by the end. And then part of why he is willing to accept what's happening to him is because of her. No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it does make you think like when, cause Anderson, her whole thing was that she felt she owed Marcus, uh, yeah. for saving her. And it's a very strange relationship that they have where she has this, you know, sense of loyalty to him, but he, and he sort of does with her or he expects loyalty, but doesn't really give it so much. Yeah. Their relationship is rough. There was supposed to be a bunch of stuff with them. Mm-hmm. They got cut. There's, like, whole scenes that I wrote about them uh, traveling the world together. Oh, and really? building his collection. Yeah, there was going to be all this stuff that I had planned uh, that all got cut for one reason or another. Uh, you know, different issues. I think, like, Eleven ended at one point with a bunch of stuff with her, and then we got that got cut. And it just sort of... Um, some of that stuff got lost. And what sucks about the issue where she died... There wasn't a room for it, but there was going to be a much longer, and I did write it, there's actually a much longer dramatic scene Mm -hmm. of why she tells Marcus to go, like, screw himself. Okay. And it was basically this whole thing about, um, he just saw her as another tool to be used. Mm -hmm. You know, he did not care about her. Um, and there was going to be a whole, there was like, yeah, there's a whole dramatic sequence of the two of them arguing where he basically is telling her that she's not alive Hmm. you know like who she thinks she is is dead yeah she is dead this thing that she thinks she is 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 not real and he controls her and it was this whole thing about that and then her basically rebelling against him to show that you know she still lived in some way or another Mm -hmm. um but that whole issue ending with her getting sucked to hell that was always the plan yeah Um, (laughs) just because that was the thing like there was no way she couldn't and I think what's interesting about her is, you know, she kills that cop in cold blood back in 2. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this was always the path for her. There was no escaping. There was no escaping this this thing that was going to happen. It's a, yeah, it's a weird thing because, yeah, you, you start off with, uh, with essentially, you know, Jackson and Anderson are both kind of, you know, huge pieces of shit. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not good people. Um, but, but by the end of the story, especially by the time Anderson is, is sucked down to hell because she's essentially made peace with her, her how she feels about Jackson. Um, it, it's interesting because they're both in, you know, in, in different places, better places, but at the same time, they've both been terrible people. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Like you, I mean, you want Anderson to yeah. get something good out of it, but you're like, no, she, she, pro- like this doesn't counteract, you know, counterbalance everything else. No, she doesn't get anything, you know, and it kind of sucks. I mean, she was always fun to write. Um, she was a. There was that moment. It, it was interesting with each character, and I think she was the one that sort of got me first. When Trick died, I felt like it was interesting with Trick dying. Trick dying, I knew even then that the first time we saw death, he was going to take Trick's form. Like, I knew that. Mm-hmm. So, when I wrote Trick's death scene, 
like, it was really weird. It was one of those things where it was one of the first, it was the first time a character I had created, I was killing off. Mm-hmm. And I remember having, like, take a walk afterward, you know, and having <laughs> to think about it. Killing off Anderson was rough because... Was it? Because <laughs> I knew where I was in the book, right? Because I that's 18, and so I'm like, oh, there's only two more issues of this. And I knew 19 was, I mean, 19 I had written, like, bits and pieces of over the course of, like, a year, so I knew... It, that was a different different experience because like the last few pages the pages were i mean it's really weird like this a lot of 19 in, in terms of like jackson's scenes mm-hmm. in 19 so like him getting stabbed by marcus and then you know the him uh struggling in the graveyard and then him, him falling and dying all of that had been written like little bits and pieces here and there throughout my notebooks over the course of a year mm-hmm. so i eased into it i guess not, yeah. not even not intentionally just that's the way it was so that's happening and then you come over <laughs> here with um with anderson mm-hmm. and like i knew she was dying at the end of 18 i knew she was like the hell but i never wrote it it was just like a <laughs> thing in the outline you know so yeah. when i got to it having to write that whole scene i felt so bad for her because i felt like and it was bad for her but also bad for jackson because jackson admits in that issue that he is afraid the thing that he is most afraid of is his friends dying mm-hmm. and it being his fault and she you know she basically he admits that and then she rebels against marcus by saving jackson mm-hmm. and then that's the thing that gets her sucked into hell yeah like saving jackson so then it confirms jackson's fears of his friends dying because of him <laughs> it's so fucked up well, immediately, and then she has that whole thing where she's, like, burning, and she's, like, asking Jackson to help her, and he wants to help her, because even though, at this point, they've gone through so much together, and they, like, genuinely hate each other just, like, ten issues earlier, mm-hmm. now they're friends, <laughs> and he has to, like, he, he, he can't save her. Yeah. Right? Oh, <laughs> that whole sequence was rough. So rough. Oh, man. Is, is it is it kind of like the case, was it, like, kill your darlings or something like that? Yeah, this book I went to 
forgot what con that was. It might have been Emerald City. I think it might have been C2E2. Mm-hmm. It might have been Emerald City, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was Emerald City. I remember going to Emerald City. Fuck, it might have been C2E2. Anyway. <laughs> but I remember sitting there in my hotel room and being like, like in the morning. Like, the, it was the very last day that I had an opportunity to change the last line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And still, like, walking around the con, like, having a day at the con and being like, was that the last line I wanted? Because that was going to be the very last thing Jackson said, and what was going to be too on the nose, what would be something that Jackson was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to be something that felt like Jackson. And what I had for a long time didn't feel like Jackson. It was just more me. Mm-hmm. It was either more me, or it was more of, like, someone would, just someone would say versus Jackson. So yeah. that was the hardest part, was being, like, that and I know subconsciously part of that was me dragging it out because I was like, oh man, this is this is it. Yeah, it's that it's that the last the thing. finality of it where you're just like, no, there's maybe I could tell more stories. Yeah, it is a thing to, to, to be done with it because it's such a big part of my life for the last few years that knowing I'm done with it is very strange. Yeah, like knowing because uh, again, you know, like I said, I started writing it. I don't know when I came up with the idea for it. I think I came up with the idea for it in, like, 2010-ish. Like, I knew I wanted to do something that was in Haunted House. Mm-hmm. Like, that was always from the beginning, in a Haunted House. And then slowly, Jackson started to come to fruition throughout the, the book. And sort of his idea, him wanting to steal a ghost, and those things. Uh, and then, yeah, like, I mean, writing it, and pitching it, and talking about it, and outlining it, and, like, writing scenes... 2011 all the way until you know like I said that line mm-hmm. like waiting for this one last dialogue line to make sure I got it right that all was super uh, yeah a big part of my life it was weird to kind of be like I guess I'm done with this part I guess I gotta do this other thing now <laughs> so weird well, you've got so weird. Two other successful books that are doing very very well for themselves right now yeah so. <laughs> I know but I, I still try to figure out what I want to do. I want to do another ghosted book or what my next like that type of black humor book will be mm-hmm. I think it's funny if people read those things and then you do you read Nail by Rebirth Bright but even that Secret Wars Red Skull book I'm doing mm-hmm. is in a lot of ways toned the same as ghosted where there's like black humor and then you know it's mm-hmm. pretty dark <laughs> it's like because uh, I mean you mentioned a lot about uh, a, a bit about Skybound in the mm-hmm. in the afterward um, what has that relationship been like with Skybound over the last uh, three years, basically three or four years? It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't make complaints. Like, I mean, it's been really good. I mean, they've kind of really helped me, and I feel like uh, they provided an outlet, but also a home to sort of operate out of. And like, I like going down there to the point. It's funny when we were. I went down there two weeks ago for uh, some map out some stuff for Birthright, like far and advanced stuff, mm-hmm. and I sat down with them, and uh, it was kind of funny. I don't know, I went down there, and I told my editor, I was like, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sit here, and we're going to map out all the stuff, but we're going to do it all day. <laughs> like, all day. And he was like, okay, cool, I'm looking forward to it. And then I remember it was like 5.30 on Monday, and he was like, man, when you said all day, you were not getting around. I was like, no, all day. <laughs> Like, all day, I'm every day. Of beats. I want to, I want to like do this right now. Let's do it, and uh, <laughs> it, it'll be, you know, it's one of those things. Will be extremely helpful down the line. 
mm-hmm. like all that information, all those important beats, all that stuff, all the uh, the emotion of the characters will be really important. And it's like I don't get to have that with a lot of publishers. I like doing that, and they were the first publisher to kind of like give me that opportunity. Um, I mean, then came things like Dark Horse, and there's other big publishers since then. I've gotten you know good relationships. I think there was a moment where things kind of turned for me where like everyone I started working with was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think Skybound was the beginning of that. Like you get to that time period and it just seems like they really got it. Yeah. You know, and I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel like I, there was a ticking, a ticking clock to that relationship somehow. Mm-hmm. It just really felt like they, they, they got that I was making the investment in them. They're making a massive investment in me. Um, and I was gonna, I was gonna hustle and they respected that. <laughs> There seems to be, like, a, a really high level of trust as well. Uh, I mean, uh, with, with, with Ghost, when you first started, especially on that first arc, was it more like, I mean, because you, you like the collaborative stuff, but were they more, like, a bit hand-holding, or were they just kind of like, okay, we just need to go through this and, and flesh this part out, and then it developed into a much more trusting relationship? Uh, flesh it out. It was, it was this thing about, like, it was interesting because a lot of times editors don't have the time mm-hmm. to sort of work with you. They need to get hit the ground running a lot more. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Skybound, it was like they saw the potential. They saw the execution needed to be there. And they were willing to take the time with me, which some publishers will just be like, this isn't working. <laughs> you know? They were able to take the time with me to make that happen. Um, and so the beginning, it's always been a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's continued that to this day, where it's a conversation. It's never directions. It's never just straight out notes to think of notes. It's always a conversation about, like, again, that trust there. And I'm a big believer, and I've always had this thing, and it's a thing I still try to get to with, with everyone I work with, of, like, one, like, listen, I'm not a big baby. <laughs> like, I'm an adult. If you don't like something or there's something wrong or whatever, like, you just tell me and we move on. Like, we just, just, just let's just get going. Yeah. Um, and... Thankfully, that's I am in that position with them, where it's like we just you just talk, like you just just hit it and, and go. <laughs> and you know, like <laughs> no, I mean it's it 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 sounds like the I mean just the best of both worlds, where you have the the almost implicit trust of of an editor, but you can also go to them when you're like, look, I'm having this kind of a problem here. I need to work it out. Yeah, exactly, and that you don't feel like I don't know. It's it's a good working relationship where yeah i'll just call them up and be like these are things i'm thinking about these are things i'm worried about this is what needs to happen mm-hmm. and we're able to work stuff out it, it works really well and is a uh, is nailbiter also through skybound no it's only through mid central okay yeah that one is is just through them i don't i i don't know if you can clarify those um how that works because there's shadow line and there's skybound and there's just image mm-hmm. like proper like is there like something that goes to one or the other or uh it's just trying to remember how to word this they just sort of go to different uh, they just run differently okay I suppose I mean it's all in the same umbrella you mm-hmm. know uh, there's different support structures in place they do different things but even though I win or work with Skybound on stuff I still even on Skybound books work with image people all the time okay yeah on, I was I was just books. not sure because books are under image, but then it's like, then you have the shadow line or the skybound bit. So you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. 
so we're at we're at about an hour, um, and I, I could probably we could probably talk about Ghosted for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I can probably talk for like five more minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, just because uh, we we only really touched on on Goran and Davide and uh, and Vladimir who came in towards the very end. Yeah, um, he actually is called Lacey. Lacey? Lacey called Lacey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. La- okay, Lacey, Davide, Davide, and Goran. Um, you've had had some amazing artists on this book. Um, yeah, and Jose Juan ripped an issue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was it? Sh- uh, oh, was it Sean Phillips did the covers? Sean Phillips did the covers, the first five, and then it was Mateus Galera from a six through ten, and mm-hmm. then Dan Panosian did eleven through twenty. Yeah, man, just, I mean, I, I know. I've i always enjoyed the, the, especially the covers for Ghosted, like, it's just interesting what everyone kind of comes up with. I mean, I, how much, how much, um, I guess, authority do you have on those covers? I'm a part of the conversation, but it's one of those things where, and I, I do this with all the books I work on, I like to just kind of, like, here's what's happening, and then let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, those three cover artists, those guys are geniuses, you know, like, and so I would get a rough or something, we would talk it out, or they would send me like three or four, but I got to a point with those guys where there wasn't that much after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I would give certain ideas, but they, they just knew, you know, we would tell them we were doing, and it got to that point where they, they knew the tone of the book, they knew what we liked doing, and they would just come up with stuff that was awesome. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, I own a couple covers. I own... Like the originals? Yeah, Sweet. I own... Oh, well, I own all... Four trade covers. Nice. Um, yeah, which was like a really important thing to me to have all four of them. Um, and then I've thought about getting the issue six covers. I like it a lot. I mm-hmm. like issue eight. Seven is so funny. Like the day we got the cover to seven in, somebody from Skybound bought it. Like that day. <laughs> like it was never available. It was just like, that's mine now. Oh, man. Um, you know, it's the Anderson cover. It's all red. Um, yeah, cause no. Yeah. Yeah, because six is the one with the uh, biker, right? No, six is where Jackson's pulling his sunglasses down. And you can see oh yeah, yeah. I have. I like that one a lot. I have that. Uh, I think you signed that uh, that that um, issue for me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I, I don't. What's really funny is I don't think any of Sean Phillips's covers are available. Really? Yeah, I've never seen them for sale. Hmm. So I'm always very curious, like, where are those covers? Uh, <laughs> like, like one guy, one guy owns the art to all of issue one. Really? Except, except for the last page, which I have. Shit. So it's like one of those things where I feel bad for that guy, because he almost has a full set. Mm-hmm. And, which is crazy, because, like, Goran originally was like, I'm not going to sell these pages, and then was like, I guess I'm selling these pages. <laughs> uh... Like, well, that worked out. <laughs> yeah, the smile on Goran's face when he sold the few pages he said he would never sell was pretty funny because he basically was like, I will only sell them for this amount of money. And the guy was like, here's that amount of money. And Goran was like, you know, like a little kid at the candy store. <laughs> He's like, excited. sold. Yeah, he was like, oh, well, shit. So you mean you can demand a certain amount of money and people will pay it? I'm very happy. I'm really happy with Goran, too. I mean, I mean, you know, I wish that Goran had been able to do more um, than just the, like, the six and a half issues that he did. Mm-hmm. partially because, you know, he was such an important part of that book. I mean, I always remember sitting on the steps in front of New York Comic Con and talking about Jackson. And, you know, Jackson being a chain smoker came from Goran. Oh, really? Like, I knew he smoked a lot, but Goran is really where it came from. And then, you know, by the time we got to issue six, Jackson wasn't allowed to smoke anymore. Um, you know, we, we tried to make this so he quit smoking. Um <laughs> 
And that was also part of his kids changed the character. You know, like he stopped smoking and then he helped those kids bought them ice cream. <laughs> uh, you know. You want to change a character, have him buy ice cream for children. <laughs> <laughs> Tell no lie. That is, that is pretty dead on. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, Goran, Goran was great. And so you know, I recognize how lucky I was with those people to have been able to work with so many cool people. Oh, yeah. I, I always liked um, yeah. Goran's smiles on Anderson. Like, there yeah. there was just, like, a way he did that where it was just like, I she's just being a smarmy ass, and I love it. Yeah, she's she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was awesome. I, I mean, I'm glad that I brought her back. I mean, that's the thing with her, that it's, it's her, plus with, uh, yeah, I was really glad that I was able to uh, bring her back and then have to stuff a trick, because I realized the trick was supposed to die as well. Yeah. Um... You know, Triple supposed to die in issue five or four, so, mm-hmm. you know, he got a reprieve until ten. <laughs> uh, it was cool to have a The only thing that I wish I had done more, there was, there was a part of me which said that Marcus had had a little more torture at the end, but now you know, <laughs> yes, he got what he wanted, he's mortal, but now he gets to be tortured forever. And it is funny how they, they all sort of got what they wanted in the end. Like, Marcus got to live forever, but he gets to be tortured, and Jackson mm-hmm. got to die, which he, you know, he wanted. It's um, like an M. Night Shyamalan kind of twist level you got going on there. I hope it's better than that. Well, probably. Let's let's say um, Sixth Sense be- uh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah inst- instead yeah, of, like, sh- The Village good or something. I actually don't mind The Village. It, it's interesting with him. I don't mind The Village. I have weird issues with Unbreakable. I feel like Unbreakable is, like, half a movie. <laughs> uh, the Village doesn't bother me as much. It's around... Girl in the Water, right? That's oh, called. Lady in the Water, yeah. Lady in the Water, that's where shit starts to fall apart. Like, see, I feel like that's where you're just like, oh, come on, man. I like, see, I like Unbreakable. I think, I just, I like the slow burn of it, um, how he kind of builds everything up. Um, and and I, I would somewhat agree with it. It is kind of half a movie, like there should be more, but I, I like what it is for, for the most part. The, uh, the Village bothers me. As well as signs, signs really bothers me. Oh, I totally forgot about signs. My thing about village is this, and I will, I will leave you on this. Okay. Uh, so the thing about village is, and I guess this is this. Maybe I'm gonna try and see some way of bringing this back around to ghosted. So um, <laughs> when the village came out, that came out in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. The thing about the village is that movie is about this idea that you think by going someplace else and doing something else that you could be safe. You think there is a place to be safe. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they left society hoping they'd be safe, but that's just not how life is. You know, like there's always going to be some risk of danger and they actually had that risk of danger like grow within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that was the, the danger. The danger, the, the crime, all that stuff. Like, I forget that actor's name right now. Uh, which one? The one uh, who was in the piano, the pianist, the piano. Oh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, like he becomes the bad guy, right? Like he is, he is the bad guy of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like that's how crime is. That's how those things are. Uh, and I found that to be a very interesting an idea. I I kind of wish they had done a little bit more about that. They're just like, and there's monsters around the place. Like <laughs> I wish they had sort of like talked a little bit more in some way or form about what had happened to them before, mm-hmm. what made them make the decision they made, and then how they tried to run from this thing, and that's impossible. Like, you can never completely run from it. It's a part of life. Um, 
I get that. I just kind of wish the twist had been the monsters were real. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that's the thing about, like, with something like uh, Why the Last Man mm-hmm. is that, that the twist of Why the Last Man is not that the men are dead, right? Like, that is never the twist. Mm-hmm. That You know, the first issue of Why the Last Man is not about... We knew from the title. We knew this from the title. And every bit of marketing <laughs> that went into that book. I think about this a lot lately with pitches and a lot with books that I'm working on and books I read mm-hmm. and TV shows that I see. Uh, pet peeve of mine. I feel like entertainment now is much more than an experience and a singular piece of work, mm-hmm. which is difficult. But <laughs> when you're going into something, the chances of you knowing nothing about it are slim. Even by looking at the cover, even by looking at the title of the book, you have to find ways of sort of, of, of building around that. And I mean, could you imagine if Why the Last Man was all this issue of just them hanging out and then all of the last page on the men died? You'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. um, like, I knew that. I knew that. So what are you telling me here? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And so in Why the Last Man, like, he has the men die on the first page. And then there's that gradual thing of like, you know, 15 minutes earlier, an hour earlier or whatever. And you have that gradual build where he establishes all these characters, all these stories. Like he gets he gets the whole like men are dead out of the way at the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the end, all the men die again. Right, like we get that loop come back around. But twist is not the cliffhanger. It's not about the men dying. It's about what was Beth going to say. Yeah, right. It's about what was going to happen when York proposed to Beth. That is the twist of that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my problem with the village. Is that you knew going into the village that that village was not like that. You knew the village was not going to be about that. Right, like you yeah. knew that it was going to be like, oh, that village is fake somehow. Right, like, <laughs> like we all kind of went knowing that. It's the same thing with the happening. Everyone is like, everyone went to the happening, being like, oh, the plants are going to kill them. So, <laughs> still such a why stupid is that, idea. Why is that the twist? Why is that the thing? Nothing is made completely in a bubble anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they should have found ways of, of, of making a secondary twist. Like that should be the end of your first act, not your your third. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like this, this has been Josh Deconstructs M. Night Shyamalan movies. Sorry, it's a thing I have with pitches, too. And it's a thing I talk to people about pitches in issue one, because I read people's books all the time, and I'm very, like, you know, there, there's got to be ways you can kind of mess with the story a little bit to make mm-hmm. it... I don't know, it's a thing that I've always thought about with books, and I think that's even the thing with Ghosted, is that, like, Ghosted is not the... The, the ending with, with Rusnik lying about the ghosts being there, right? That makes it a character thing, mm-hmm. not a reveal, because we knew there were going to be ghosts in that book. It's in the title. Right? Like, <laughs> you knew there were going to be ghosts in a book called Ghosted. <laughs> so your reveal can't be that there are ghosts there. There has to be something else. And what? the reveal wasn't that there were ghosts, it was that Rusnik lied about there being ghosts. Yeah. Well, and then it just it just develops into, like, well, why would she lie? What's her angle now? Yeah. And, and then what's happening with these characters, and then why is Jackson haunted? Like, then it becomes another thing, and it's not about the ghosts anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always very interested in a first-issue structure. It's really interesting to me how often I see people where their last page of issue, of issue one is, like, essentially them establishing what the book is, and you already know that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't want to name some book, but some books do it. I, it drives me crazy. But anyway, I well, and and first <laughs> issues are always difficult to to do right. You know, especially if yeah. you want to grab people's attention so that they'll keep reading. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I, I hear you. <laughs> oh no, it's 
funny it's a, it's a funny world yes. anyway but no i i josh thank you so much for coming back uh yeah no problem i'm glad we were able to talk a little bit about ghosted and sort of the, the overall thing of it over the years the ins and outs well and especially like a completed ghosted where now we can just kind of like talk about everything well for the yeah, most part yeah. <laughs> some of the things no, we're keeping good. secret you bastard <laughs> yeah it was, just, it was it was tough not telling people that, that you know he was gonna die at the end like that was always the thing that uh because it was such an important part of the book, it was difficult to not say it. Mm-hmm. But even though that wasn't the real ending, you know, the real ending was that, you know, his whole deal with death, that was going to be the real ending. Yeah. But still, it was hard not, because I, I, I knew I would never tell anybody that part. Like, I was never going to mention that, but it was difficult not telling people he was going to die. You just go up to people at cons, you're like, hi, I'm Josh Williamson, he dies! <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you still have Nailbiter, and you have... Um, Oh, God, what was it? Uh, Birthright. God, that was weird. Uh, Nailbiter and Birthright still at Image. Uh, You're also uh, working on stuff for Secret Wars over at Marvel, right? Yeah, I'm doing uh, the Red Skull book. I Battle World, and I'm doing Red Skull. Okay, and uh, anything else coming down the pipe at all that you can talk about? There's stuff, but I can't talk. There's stuff. Ah, damn it. Um, Where can people find you, then, if they want to tweet at you, Facebook Uh, you? Yeah, basically, Twitter's probably the best place. Just uh, William underscore Josh. Okay. And uh, once again, thank you for coming back, and good night, everybody.